0: This is HPR episode 2897 entitled, Star Drifter RPG Playtest Part 03, and is part of the series, Tabletop Gaming, it is hosted by Lost and and is about 41 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, Lost and and friends playtest a new, original RPG system. Today's show is licensed under a CC0 license.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archiveorg forward slash donate.
2: Howdy folks. Um, Fortunately, I need to bring some bad news that our good friend 5150 has passed away. Uh, Known to the rest of the world as Donald Greer. Uh, Unfortunately, I have no information at this time as to how he passed. I just know it happened over the weekend. Uh, His... Frap brother Randy Hall has uh, been in contact with the Linux LogCast team, and 50 was very involved over there as well. Um, They're planning their own tribute show, which obviously we put on here as well. And if you want to join that or send in some audio file or send an email or messages or thoughts in tribute to 5150, uh, please do so. Um, Links as I get them and more information as we get them will be available on the HPR website. And uh, my thoughts and condolences go out to um, his friends, family, and indeed his avid listeners and fans here on the network.
3: This is Lost in Bronx, also known as David Collins Rivera. And this is part three of our playtest of the Star Drifter role-playing game. Our players are Klaatu, Taj, Bryn, Brian, and, of course, myself as Game Master. Last time, we continued reading the rules. This time, more rules. But then we do start on our adventure. Let's get into it. Okay, combat. Here we go. Combat is divided into rounds corresponding to one minute of time. Initiative is determined as follows. Now, the one minute thing, that's up in the air too, but um, that's a holdover from the old days. Initiative is determined as follows. All players roll 1d20 and add their characters' decks. High number goes first, then the next down the line, and the next the GM rolls 1d20 plus 10 for the opponent's side and fits them into the initiative order. And I guess it depends on the size of the fight as to whether that's going to be individually for each character, each NPC or opponent. You know, Because if you only have two or three, you can roll 1d20 plus 10 for each of them and fit them into the initiative order. But if you have a bunch of them, that becomes impractical. And it might be easier to just say... Your side rolls this, and your side rolls that, and whoever gets first, you know, that's going to be house rules, I guess. That's probably not even worth a, a rule for it, or ruling, I don't know. But anyway, during their initiative, characters may move up to seven meters, prepare a weapon or other piece of equipment, and make an attack in that order. So you get three things that you can do in your initiative. And I think that's also a holdover from Dungeon Raiders. They allow you to do a bunch of things, you know, when it's your round. And I think that works pretty good because it's a little more explicit than the old D&D rules, which are actually pretty vague on stuff like this. But this tells you what you can do and when you can do it. So I'm feeling like that may work pretty well. Character may choose to do one, two, or all three of these things if they wish, or none of them. Skill and attribute checks, if any, occur in the movement phase of the round, but it is up to the GM to arbitrate what can and can't reasonably happen in the middle of a fight. To attack an opponent, the player rolls 1d20 and compares the result to their combat XXX skill score they're using in the fight. If the character is using a combat skill they are not trained in, All normal penalties apply. A successful roll indicates a hit. Now, here's an optional rule, and I'm going to read it, and then I'll tell you why I came up with it. Optional. Roll a saving throw versus physical to take half damage for any attacks that reduce HP, not stamina. Okay. Now, the reason I came up with that is that if you go through the combat rules, you'll see that there's nothing that takes into account your dexterity, your ability to dodge an attack. That's what the saving throw would cover. And if you have put a bunch of good numbers into your physical, you know, into the physical side of your stats, you will have a pretty good saving throw for taking half damage on any attack. So somebody shoots you and you do, you know, not your stamina. You're past your stamina at this point. Somebody shoots you, hits you, your hit points. You get a saving throw for half damage just for taking damage like that. Does that work? Does that seem like a crappy hack should there be a dex modifier somewhere in here? Any thoughts, guys? Mm, what
4: about opposing rolls? Just something I'm throwing out.
3: You know, I did think of that, and I thought it starts to get too complicated. Do you think that's a complicated or an added complication? You know, I'm really good at shooting. You know, I'm I'm a sharpshooter or something like that, and I'm I'm you know my skill is so good. It becomes a task differential between the two of us, right? That's a different mechanic than any other in the game. It's not just a simple die roll; you're actually rolling against another person's skill. Do we? Does that seem like it's in place here,
4: or? Well, how, how, how do you determine or? a hit? I mean, so if you, let's say you're shooting at my character, what am? What is my defense? Is it just whatever the the armor I'm wearing, or is there other factors? Exactly.
3: It, Yeah, it is, whether I, my, if I, if I don't make my skill roll, it's a miss, and if you are wearing armor, it, it it takes damage off of the attack. There is no opportunity under these rules for you to avoid that attack. That's why I came up with the concept of the saving throw for half damage. Okay. Does that seem right? Does it, does it seem like it might work or does it seem wrong right off the bat? I mean, we can play it and find out. Yeah, I, oh, I guess we but. could
4: play it out because this would be kind of the opposite of the stormtrooper effect, where they miss all the time. But if you have somebody that you uh, <laughs> that is has a decent shot, you're going to get shot a lot, and there's no real yeah. defense unless you have the optional rule in.
3: Well, part of that is on purpose, and part of it is just a you know a side effect of all the other rules up till now. But part of it is just you don't want to get shot. You know, in real life, you know, honestly, you know, we see it in the movies all the time. But in real life, I don't care how dexterous you are. If there's a trained person with a gun, if they really know what, like a police officer or something like that, I don't care what kind of ballet sort of jumping around you're doing. That none of that matters. You know, they're gonna shoot your ass. There's just, I mean, I've never even heard of that in real life as being an effect. Do we want that much of a reflection of real life? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm absolutely up in the air about this particular rule. And I, I, I in my mind, I think we need to play it to find out. But I agree. Yeah. Okay. Damage caused by attack is either light, medium, or high. This is all simplified. This is all very, very simplified stuff. Light is 1d4 plus 2, medium 1d6 plus 2, or high 1d8 plus 2, depending upon the weapon type. So you have different weapon types that do one of those three categories of damage. x characters characters, once again, they gain plus one damage after first level and another plus one for every level thereafter. This bonus applies whether they are skilled with the weapon type or not. That's an important point, too. So you may have penalties to hit, but if you hit, you're doing more damage with it simply because you're experienced doing damage to people. Damage points are subtracted from the opponent's stamina points first, followed by their HP. Stun. Certain types of combat and weaponry can cause a stun effect, either in addition to or rather than a loss of stamina or HP. Stunned characters are not helpless, but they are greatly hampered. Movement, stat, and skill checks are all at half normal while the stun effects are occurring. Saving throws, however, remain unaffected. Again, I I didn't change that. Even though those are based on stats, I didn't want to change the saving throws because in my mind, That's your last-ditch effort. I don't want to be cutting into that simply because you're stunned. It's your last chance to save yourself. So that's that's my thinking on that. Armor. Okay, armor is vital in this game. If you go into a firefight without some kind of ballistic armor, you're going to die. I'm just going to say that up front, okay? Armor is classified by Protective Rating, PR, and by Structural Rating, SR. PR refers to the amount of damage per attack that the armor protects its wearer from, while SR refers to the total amount of damage the armor can take before it's junk and has to be discarded. A character wearing a PR2 flak vest who gets shot for 4 HP, only takes 2 HP of damage, the vest having absorbed the other two points. That same flak vest might be SR20, meaning it can only absorb a total of 20 HP before it loses its protective capabilities, requiring it to be replaced. In this scenario, the vest goes from being SR20 to SR18. Players are required to keep track of the structural rating of their character's armor. Okay, is that too complex a mechanic to expect people to do.
4: I'm thinking we're going to play it yeah. I don't think so.
3: Okay. I did in the character sheets that I sent out in advance, I did have a place for the SR of the armor that you might be wearing. So, some armor can be combined with others such as ballistic shield. Now, they're probably really I know there are ballistic shields in real life, but in my mind this is a specific type of thing in this in this environment it can be used in okay this has. i'll just read it this has the cumulative benefits of all the armor worn for the sake of calculating pr individual sr must still be tracked for each being divided equally among all the armor pieces that's when it starts getting complicated if you have three or four pieces of armor well two in this case because we're starting off with just a couple of different types but you're getting shot by a bunch of different people you have to kind of calculate that, and I'm not sure how that would play out. It might get too complicated, but we can figure that out later. Some armor incurs dex penalties or penalties to hit an opponent due to the awkwardness of it all, and these penalties are cumulative. So characters with certain skills may be able to affect repairs on damaged armor at the GM's discretion. I don't have an armory skill, but someone with general repair might be able to fix somebody's armor with a you know, a good role or something like that. Damage and healing. Okay, stamina. All damage comes off the character's stamina points first. These represent the character's ability to take a few hits without slowing down and to shrug off a certain amount of damage like a true adventurer should. Stamina points return at a rate of 1.4 every 5 minutes of rest. Characters that go below 0 HP cannot regain stamina points until they are brought to 1 HP or better. I said go below 0 HP. That should be 0 or below. Uh, Could use a little clarity there. And then HP. Once a character's stamina points are exhausted, all damage comes off of a character's HP. Should a character be reduced to zero HP, that character is unconscious. Extra damage from the hit that brought them to zero is ignored. They will continue to lose one HP per round down to a negative number equal to their constitution, at which point they are dead. If they are tended to by someone with the medico skill or by someone without it who rolls very well, they will be stabilized but still unconscious. Further medical attention or natural healing will be required to bring them to 1 HP or better, at which time they will regain consciousness. Under normal circumstances, HP returns at a rate of 1 point per 24 hours of rest. Certain drugs and medical procedures can mitigate the process of healing. That's where the Medico skill comes in. Okay, money and equipment. Now, I don't know if anybody heard the last um, Voice from the Void episode, but I talked all about money in that one, and I cribbed from that for this. So in Star Drifter, the standard currency is the Q, and that's the letter Q. Characters start off with 2,000 Q with which to buy equipment, weapons, and armor. Now, remember, the Stationer gets double that. The Stationer has 4,000 Q. They will probably not want to spend all of it before the first game since there are other expenses to be met here and there. That's just standard stuff. Okay, I have a very small list of gear. We have a comm unit that would be equivalent to Ejok's wrist comp and his retinals and and implanted stuff. That's what the comm is, and that's why it's more expensive than other types of stuff. And that can take any form that you want. You just tell me what it's supposed to be like and then – That's the way it is from this point on. But more or less, they all do the same sort of thing. And I'm not going to read through what everything does necessarily. You got it right in front of you. So then there's a Medico kit, and that provides a plus on your Medico skill checks. You got to have that if you're going to do any serious thing. But if you just have the skill, you can affect some healing and stabilization on hurt people. A radio headset, and that's exactly what it sounds like. It's nowhere near as advanced as a comm unit. So that's a simple thing. A science XXX field kit. Each branch of science has its own field kit. So if you've got a science skill, you want one of these kits in order to take full advantage of that skill. But obviously there will be certain circumstances where maybe you don't need the kit. Just having the knowledge is plenty. You know, that thing, whether that's a a nebula or a black hole, that's a perfect thing. You don't need a science kit for that. That's what you rely on your skill for. So you don't necessarily always have to have the field kit in order to practice that skill. But there are many cases where you will. A simple vac suit. That's one of those emergency vac suits that's described in some of the stories. And it's not a full exosuit. I don't have that listed here because, again, this is a very limited sort of thing. And it's only what we need for the adventure. Then a toolkit. The toolkit is a must have item for engineering XXX skill. Again, just because you have that skill, it doesn't, you know, or if you have one of those engineering sub skills, just have a toolkit. There aren't specialized toolkits for all the sub skills. I think that would get a little too complicated. So there's one toolkit, but you really kind of need to have the toolkit to really use that engineering. I mean, if you don't have any tools, how are you going to fix anything? How are you going to even test a lot of stuff it it becomes very difficult and that's it on so as i said it was a very small list of of equipment now we're into weapons a club now i say this costs 10q but if you tell me you're just picking up a stick and you're going to use it as a club you got that for free okay you have a knife we have a mini grenade and this is only a like a, an explosive kind of uh, – yeah, kind of just an explosive thing. I, I don't have all the different subtypes in here just for this. It's a very limited list. But there will be in further versions of the game. There will be all the different kinds of explosives and grenades and stuff that you'd want. A pistol. This is specifically a firearm, and I'm not getting into all the fancy different ammunition – you know, Again, I hope people weren't expecting to be shooting ape rounds and blowing things up because that's not happening in this right off the bat. I don't have those rules yet. A stunner. This is one of those disposable stunners that gets mentioned several times. A rifle. It's a firearm like the pistol. It's just more powerful. And a sword. This would be a short sword or something like a machete, that sort of thing. But finally, we're into armor. Okay. The first is a ballistic shield. Okay. And this is a shield specifically designed to stop firearm rounds, to to stop bullets. It can take other types of damage too, but they're big and awkward. And these things can't, and they're specifically designed to be used with all sorts of firearms. So if you have a rifle you can still use this shield without any penalties. It's designed to do that. So it might have a notch in there that you can fit your rifle into, and you're able to hold the shield up in front of you, and the rifle is nice and secure. It's that, It's designed for that specifically. So the next one is an extensible ballistic shield, and this one I did for you, Bryn, and I don't know if you remember. We go way back.
4: Oh, yeah. You I remember
3: do. the extensible shield from D&D. Yes, so, Charybdis. Yes, Charybdis. And that was beautiful. I loved it. It got shot down, but I loved it. And um, this one is kind of a, a riff on that, but I think it works pretty different. It's it is differently. It's not a ring, obviously, but it's a forearm shield. It straps to your forearm, and it's collapsible. And you you know, there's like a hand control, and you can collapse it or open it. And it otherwise acts just like the ballistic shield, but there are no penalties. To this the ballistic shield is big and awkward and there are dex penalties associated with it the extensible shield they're not because you can collapse it when you need to but it's more expensive next is a chest plate this is a hard chest piece of armor that goes over and there's that's kind of a standard one there's also a flak vest also very common there's a hard suit this is basically like the full like it's the chest plate and everything else that's what the hard suit is. And that gives you extra bonuses and things like this. This is not a VAC suit. If you are only wearing a hard suit and you go out in the vacuum, you will die. But a simple VAC suit will fit over a hard suit. That's different from powered armor, which is the next item. And powered armor does act like a VAC suit. And it's probably the finest armor you can get in the game so far. And that is the end of the rules. Any questions, gentlemen?
0: I was just going to make pedantic thing. Depending on like the types of firearms, clip may be the wrong terminology.
3: Yes, pedantic. Thank you. You were going the same place I was. Um, we'll, we'll 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 just say uh, a reload. How about that? <laughs> it's
4: probably safer. Actually, it should be magazine. Magazine.
3: Well, not everything. I mean, if I have a revolver in this future time, it may not have a magazine. You can have them. They have them now, but they didn't always. But no, um, yeah, okay, that, no offense, that sounds like a minor quibble, um, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take it under advisement. Is there a armor missing right off the bat that you think should be here, or do you not like these at all? They're pretty standard. Most of these exist today. The, uh, powered armor maybe not, but everything else does exist. Maybe not the extensible ballistic shield, but I wink and nod at that one. That's actually my favorite. No. Nope. Okay. Then we will say that this has been this has been done. The uh, we have gone through the rule set.
5: Got my character ready to go based on the walkthrough, and I had a question and I've forgotten it. Hmm, okay. Oh, I know what it was. So if I took, I'm I'm playing a drifter, and I took heavy, or I may take, I guess heavy weapons combat. I'm not really seeing any heavy weapons uh, in the rulebook. Is that is a rifle a heavy weapon, or what do we what do we? No,
3: there actually aren't any listed okay. there, and that's because I, fig- quite frankly, don't take it because you won't need it in okay. this adventure. Everything is everything is tailored to the playtest. The basic rules have been in further adventures. You'd have things like a char pack or ground to orbit. Rocket launchers and things like that. That would all yeah, be heavy okay. weapons, but you won't need one, so don't waste that slot. All right.
5: So cool. Thank you.
3: Sure.
4: I, it, during the description I revamped my character, so I'm going to send you another copy or just play with a half. I don't, I, I I don't know. Okay. You
3: guys can cool. I trust you all. Um how we can we, cheat. You can cheat. However, Yay. do we want to roll up any characters? Does anybody need a character and do we want to go through that process right now? It might be a good thing to do, actually.
5: I mean, I feel, I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing while we went through the rule book. so that's kind of what I was basing my feedback on as we were going.
4: Okay, well, that's
3: fine. Taj, are you set with a character, or...?
0: Yeah, I have one that I, I did, so I'm ready to go, but if you want to build another one, we can.
3: No, no, we don't have to. I mean, because at this stage, we're going to find out whether they work or not while we're playing. Brian, are you set? Do you need a, to roll up a character, or...?
6: Uh, I'm mostly put together here i was just picking up some equipment i guess
4: okay that's cool that's fine a uh, quick question sure. how expensive is it to live around cuz i know you said don't spend all your money but that there are certain things that are very expensive
3: there are but it depends on where you are and right now when the game begins you guys are all in cold passage so you buy what you want, buy what you think you're going to need, but try to leave some behind because where you end up will probably not be the, – the cost of living won't be the same as where you were. It can vary greatly. But as a general rule, anywhere from say two to three Q a day on up to you know, 30, 40, 50, depending on on where you live and what's expected of you while you're there – but yeah if we're if we're ready, we can get right into it, so just as a uh let's see all right, you all know each other, we'll establish that. you all know each other, and you are part of something called a company. Now, a company is both a legal designator and a euphemism on the one hand, they are a group of people who have created an incorporated body for the purpose of conducting business uh, on the other, the business is essentially being fixers, right. Many companies are a little more than mercenary groups that specialize in industrial security, military situations, or bodyguarding. There are other types as well, focusing on nearly every specialization imaginable. Most, however, have a reputation for violence. Okay. So you guys are part of a company, and I will leave it up to you to give yourself a company name, but that will be important. So that's something you might want to establish right away. What do you call yourselves? You're group together. You don't have to have figured out what your specialty is just yet but you should have some sort of company name.
5: So company like you say it's a it it's not it's not a corporation it is it's our it's it can it, it is actually
3: it is it's a it is a legal corporation but it's also a euphemism because
5: I feel I feel like could we um could we quickly or briefly introduce our characters because I don't know who even I'm working with, so it's hard to imagine what a company might be. Of course.
3: Yeah. Yeah, please just tell everybody your character's name, the basic things about what they are, who they are, what your basic skills are, what your class is. You would all know this information before any of this action begins.
4: Alright, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Bryn Solar. I'm male, 28. I am an X-Mill pilot. Kletu?
5: Yeah. Um, uh, my name is Ranotep. And I'm a male. I'm 52. I'm a drifter. Grizzly old drifter. Okay.
3: Taj?
0: So I rolled up a character named Dev, who's probably around his mid-30s. He's a stationer, and he basically lived his entire life. And it seems like he's had a a very good productive life of just talking a lot and weaseling his way out of any situation that he doesn't like. Um, He hates combat at all, almost always, but he can usually figure a way out of things. Cool.
3: Brian?
6: I've got a, a male drifter who is 42, named Quigro.
3: What's his name? I'm sorry.
6: <laughs> Quigro. Quigro. H- okay. H-U-I-G-R-O. <laughs> H- H- Quigro.
3: Wow. There's a name. Okay. However you guys came to know each other, you know each other. and I think
5: our company should be called the Dodgers.
3: Dodgers.
5: <laughs> Seconded.
4: I like it.
3: Does that work for everybody? That's what you're going with? Yep. Okay. The Dodgers. There you go. All right. Everybody comfortable with what everybody can do? You take note of what everyone can do? Understand working together as a company is what keeps you alive. So good enough. Okay.
4: Sorry. Did you want to go through skills? Because I'm basically a pilot, and I do a bit of hacking as well. Okay. It would be
3: a good idea if you know what – each other do. I'm gonna throw situations at you. I don't really care if you got the skill or not. If you, you know, so it's up to it's up to you guys to get out of it. So knowing Tosh, what each I other can do
5: matters. Taj, I didn't catch your your class or your 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 name is Dev. What was your class again? Stationer. Cool.
0: I kind of imagine that he's probably somebody who's had a good racket going on a station and maybe ran out of luck and probably had to tag along with you guys.
5: I like that. <laughs> yeah, so as a, as a drifter, I've got exosuit, engineering, general, combat rifle, social engineering, lying, computers, and survival urban. That's what I chose. I don't have a prime skill as a drifter.
6: Brian? My skills, I've got uh, those uh, engineering, general repair, social engineering, lying, stealthiness, medico, and hand-to-hand combat.
4: Cool. And I'm a, I have a pistol combat. Excellent. Which, which is my prime. Very good. Okay.
3: And you guys bought what equipment you wanted. You'll get another opportunity later, even if you haven't. So. All So. right. So you guys were offered a pretty sweet security job in another star system. Which one doesn't matter? Because when you get to Dreher system, a high dock on the edge of Dreher system, you get woken up, all of you. And there's a message. Basically, they wake you up and they say, look, um, the rest of this passage has not been paid for. And you got an emergency message here. So you you better check it out. And when you do, it's basically from your employer saying, yeah, see, we've had some company shakeups and all our projects have been canceled. Sorry. You guys are left high and dry. Man. You are on. Yeah, that blows. You guys are on uh, a high dock called Jump Out. Tidoc 010 also known as jump out you're in dreyer system dreyer system is a um it's a mining slash industrial sort of place it's very very busy there is station maltese is a large rim stay right on the edge of the system there are no major settlements in, into the system, but there's an awful lot of work being done in there. So you, you won't see a colony station in there, but there's an, there are mining outposts. There are all sorts of things. It's a slightly grimy place. Everything you know, looks like people are coming and going all the time. I don't know if you've ever been at Newark Airport, but Newark Airport as opposed to something really nice, it's kind of like that. It's very functional. It's very functional and kind of old. They do a lot of raw mineral and metal work in this thing. But there's also an awful lot of used ships here. And that's primarily as a result of all the beating that uh, the mining work and uh, the industrial work in this star system. So a lot of people come here to pick up old parts and to pick up old ships or hulks. Sometimes they'll buy a whole old starship or an old boat just to tear it apart for its parts. And there's an awful lot of that here as well, but it's a side effect of the major industry. This is a a kind of a busy, crude sort of place, but fortunes are being made here, so there's also a lot of money in this place. So here you are, IDOC 010, jump out. There are some motels, there's like cube motels, some of those um, cubicle motel type of things. Here, there are restaurants and stuff like that, but they're all kind of shabby. This is not a place where people live. This is a place where people hang out for a while.
5: This is the truck stop of the galaxy.
3: This is the truck stop of this part of this system. There are places like this everywhere, and you probably, as a drifter, have seen many of them.
5: So did I understand correctly, or are we not on the ship anymore? Did we... Did we disembark and we're we're on a space station, or are we on the ship? Did anyone else understand that?
6: I took it to be ship or uh, station,
5: yeah, same here or at the high dock Yeah. jump
3: out has large temporary storage facilities for freeze to passengers. basically, you weren't awoken on the ship you were on. you were awoken right here on the high dock.
5: We were okay,
3: gotcha you were. Basically, you get moved by fr- like freight when yep. you're frozen down. They freeze you on a place like this, stick you on a ship, pull you out frozen, and wake you here. Many of them do. Some of the higher-end ones wake you up when you're there. But most of them, no. You're moved like freight, and you're stacked like industrial parts you know, in a warehouse. So when they wake you up, you just see stacks and stacks and stacks of people in tubes all frozen down. And uh, they're all tagged, and they're going someplace else like luggage they're all being shifted around.
5: All right, so I feel like it's probably sensible to go get something to eat first or 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 maybe yeah, I guess probably get something to eat.
4: Agreed. And then maybe try to find some some work or some way off this place.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Try to find like the dive bar on the station or something so we can try to hit up people.
3: Yeah, there's there's some taverns and things that you can get some cheap food. Essentially in this place, let's see, I'll give you some prices here. First off, all your weapons and armor have to be left in storage lockers while you're on jump out. So obviously when they wake you up, you don't have the stuff on you, but they don't confiscate it, but it has to be kept locked up. Locker rentals cost one queue per week. It's payable at the end. You don't have to pay it now, but it has to be locked up there. When you go to leave jump out, you can take it with you no problem, but you can't walk around with your weapons or your armor. And you look around, nobody has any. Nobody has any, you know, on there, or they're not supposed to. Now, of course, if you're feeling like it, you can try to hide these sorts of things.
5: What about my toolkit? Like, I got a toolkit for the... Oh,
3: that's fine. Yeah, you see see tons of people walking around with tools, you know. I mean, it's that sort of environment.
5: Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll strap that to my back or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll leave my stuff here.
4: Okay. My grenade
5: and my rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll rent a locker for my shield and pistol. Okay. Um, actually, yeah. Actually, so does it look like they're gonna be like there are checks? Like, I mean, my rifle would be pretty obvious. But if I just if I had my toolkit and I accidentally had a grenade in the toolkit, does it look like anyone's gonna check? It's a tool. It's a tool. (laughs) Well,
3: in some stations they do and some they don't. This one, they do seem to have customs cops waiting. and Customs cops tend to look at, they're looking for smuggling or contraband and stuff. But if they see things like weapons that aren't supposed to be there, that's a flag too. There are some of these guys there. Do you want to go see what kind of job they're doing or how do you want to work this?
5: Yeah, I want to kind of yeah, I want to scout out like yeah, what what it looks like.
3: Okay, you can saunter over there as nonchalantly as as you want. Can I get a intelligence check? That would be a die roll for your intelligence.
5: All right, that's a ten. My intelligence is twelve, so I beat it by two. If I'm if I'm correct.
3: Yes, you you are correct. You, it takes you a few minutes to watch, but you notice that these guys. Seem to be picking and choosing the people that they pay special attention to. In other words, okay. families with kids, and they they, let, they more or less just let them walk through without checking much. Uh, shifty looking characters, uh, they get special attention, and if they're hiding anything, they're going to find it.
5: All right. I mean, do we look shifty? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Well, you tell me. <laughs> you tell me. You know, when you go up there, perhaps a social engineering role might get you right through, or lying, or maybe a basic charisma role. It's up to you. Yeah, I'm going to
5: toss my grenade in my toolkit, um, and then I'll just make myself look as – just as oily and as workery as possible.
3: Like all the other characters running around, non um, nondescript.
5: Exactly, yeah.
3: Okay, by doing that and specifically telling me you're doing that, they don't pay you much attention, and uh, you get through pretty pretty easily. They do a cursory look at your toolkit, but they don't they don't spend a lot of time. You do have to go through an ident check when you walk in, so they know you're not from here. But that doesn't mean an awful lot. Some people have registered their residencies could be on the other side of the galaxy, but they work here all the time. I mean, so they don't go necessarily by that, but they they can tell just. When you when you do your IDent and you go through, they can tell you just arrived. You don't live here officially. That much they know. So, sure. Anybody else want to try anything or do anything? Otherwise, you guys can get right through. If you aren't actually hiding anything, that they would consider, you know, verboten. There's not going to be any problem getting through this.
6: How do they feel about knives?
3: It depends on the size, and the context. If uh, you had like four or five of, you know, work knives strapped to your front like they were you were going to chuck them at people, they would have a problem with that, clearly. But if you had one stuck at the bottom of your toolkit, it might look like it's part of the toolkit, depending on the sort of overall look. You're, as I say, it looks like they're stopping people who look like they might be trouble and digging through their stuff. Do you look like you might be trouble?
6: <laughs> no.
5: Said, no, that was not at all. Do you have the lying skill? I don't know if he has to roll for that, but that was not convincing. Well, you
6: figure a forty-two-year-old drifter just woke up and?
3: I think they're probably going to look at you at least twice. Um, are you trying to get a, a knife? Well, through?
6: it's the, the one weapon that my guy did have, and okay, I mean, that's what I do with my knife in my car nowadays. It's in my toolbox, and it's not a knife. Yeah, but. A...
3: And nowadays, you get into firefights and stuff. Because if you do, I doubt you'd leave your knife in your in your toolbox.
6: Oh, uh, not too often. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, are you telling me you're actually going to try to get through with the knife? That, that that's basically.
6: No, I don't think I need my knife.
3: Okay, all right. Then you Is guys. There a
0: possibility that I could walk up and like start to distract. Would that be something we could do to see if he could sneak it in if he wanted to?
3: You could try that, but you know that many of these places have hidden sensors. You don't know for a fact if this this place does. You've never been here before.
6: Right, so this is like the TSA. They
3: don't like knives. They, it depends. You don't necessarily know what's forbidden and something like a knife. It says knife, but you see some guys walking through that ha, that have pocket knives and little like holders on their on their belts and stuff. These are working class guys, engineers and And uh, mechanics and things like that. You see some of these guys carrying knives, but they don't look like they're combat knives.
6: Yeah, that's what I was kind of picturing that I had. I think I'm going to stick it on my hip and just go walking through plain sight.
3: Okay. I am going to roll a die to see what happens. With my new die roller. Listen to this. Uh, One of the guys stops you and he says, "Uh, what's that? And he points to the knife.
6: I go, oh, that's my knife.
3: Uh, why are you carrying a knife? That looks like a, a a knife you'd stick somebody with.
6: No, that's a knife for cutting my sandwich.
3: Your sandwich, oh, your sandwich. Um, okay. Do you have any kind of social engineering or lying skills, or do you wish to make a die roll?
6: I do have both of those. Okay,
3: which one do you want to try to use?
6: Uh, the social engineering.
3: Okay, you're, you're going to try to... You know, you're gonna be friendly you're gonna joke you're gonna laugh about this please make a die roll
6: okay that's uh d20
3: yes it is equal to or less
6: oh equal to or less well i didn't Correct. i did not cut that one
3: <laughs> he's like listen he finds you you know he laughs at your little jests and he he smiles and says listen I'm sorry you can't come in with that." You know, I mean, if I knew you, if I knew you lived around here, it might be a different story, but I can't let you do it. My, my partner here is not going to let me, you know, I'm sorry. You can, I, it's It's out of my hands. I'm sorry.
6: All right. I'll stick it in a locker.
3: Thanks. Appreciate that. No problem at all, buddy. So you have to stick it in your locker, but you didn't get in trouble. Sometimes these guys, if they don't like you, and you know this from traveling around, if they don't like you, they will arrest you right on the spot. It depends on where you are and who they are and how you behave. But you're through. You're into Jump Out, which is uh, kind of a grimy place, but not too bad. It's not horrible. It's just busy and lots of working class folks. There are uh, lots of local guides to businesses and things like that. And you can easily find a a tavern slash restaurant. That's no problem at all. Is that what you guys want to do?
5: Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll go in and yeah. Okay. That's a good place to start.
3: Yeah, you find a table, and you guys are sitting there. You get served. Unless you're doing something crazy, for the entire evening and a meal and everything else, we'll just say one queue will cover it for each person. So, Okay. And uh, we'll just – that will be the only expense you'll have here. And more or less – I'm assuming you're not going to make a night of it. And,
5: aside from the locker, you said, right?
3: Yeah, aside from the locker, but you don't have okay. to pay that right away. Yeah. So – you know maybe you'll make some money before that
5: who knows yeah i'll um I'll, i i i want to ask like the waitress or the waiter or, or whatever we are, we have um the server yeah uh i want to in this in this
3: yeah there there's somebody here there's a there's there's um basically you make your orders either through some sort of wireless device you have or on a display that's right there but a physical person does bring it to you
5: yeah i want to say hey uh buddy i want to um we, we just got stuck up for a job, and uh, we're, we're wondering if there's a place around here where people pick up extra work that you know of. Uh,
3: there's lots of people pick up extra work. Uh, I think we're hiring. You want to you wanna uh, tend bar?
5: Uh, no, I was thinking more something a little bit more technical than that. Uh, well, excuse me. What's all put out? It's uh, just my skill set, you know? I, I don't know nothing about tending bar or being nice to people, as you can probably tell, but uh, <laughs> uh, machines I can usually fix.
3: Well, there's lots of machines. You're, you're in a machine. It's a space station.
5: All right. Well, that's a good tip. Maybe I'll ask around, see if people need me, need people to, to tend the space, the space station machinery. Thanks.
3: Yeah, no problem. It's free. Looks like he uh, didn't like you for some
4: reason.
5: No, nah, I didn't like him either. That's okay.
4: You just better watch yourself.
3: Next time our characters get a lead on a job But will they nail it? You'll have to tune in and find out See you then
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at HackerPublicRadio.org